Greetings and welcome back to the final 2023 edition of ZatCast, your official podcast for local government nerdery. I am Chad and that is Patrick. How are you doing, bud? I'm good, man. I'm good. Let's talk Christmas movies today. I'm excited. Yeah, I think so. We're going to hit some, uh, some retail stuff, uh, both on the, on the leasing and store size question, and then also just on actual retail demand, like retail sales, some kind of things that we've been seeing. So Patrick's going to hit on that one. But first, Patrick, I wanted to, since we're coming up on the end of the year, I'm coming up on five years in Zach Tax. And so I just wanted to give you a little bit of love here before we start today's episode. So I appreciate okay. you indulging me here. Yep. I've just been kind of reminiscing and thinking about it because I'm, like I said, coming up on five years when we got to this point uh, or the, the, when we got to the point where it's like, okay, we maybe should take this leap. Like sometimes I think we're not quite as far as I want to be, but I think most of that's because we have so many ideas and things we want to do. But when you kind of step back and see like where we've gotten to, it's, it's just been kind of a wild ride. Um, so I want to take you back to May, 2018. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I only had one kid at this time. So, right. <laughs> we're both in Hudson Oaks. We're both just kind of like trying to change our little corner of the world for the better. Right. Mm -hmm. So around this time, um, news breaks that a home and home series has been scheduled with Texas and Alabama. Okay. And it comes out that the reason that this was scheduled is because we asked A&M and they said, no, 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 no. Our, our schedule is way too busy. We've got, I mean, we've this got power version. We've got powerhouses like Appalachian State on our schedule. We can't possibly move them. So you got to go pound sand. So instead, we call up old Nikki Saban and we schedule a home and home with Alabama. And now, because of that, we're in the playoffs and on the precipice of our fifth actual national championship, not one of those pretend ones from like, you know, the 30s. So I just want to say, with all of this reminiscing, I really, we really need to be thanking A&M for not scheduling that game, because otherwise we probably wouldn't be here where we are. I mean, beating up on, you know, a, a team that's barely 500, that wouldn't really have helped our resume. So, so thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, I hope some of our employees listen to this episode, because this level of hockey is what I try to describe to people. When it comes to Texas football, this is the we're back baby Texas fan in Chad right here, right? Like all humility has been lost. He is 100% in the, we are the best of the best of the best. And it's, it's as if you have Vince Young as your quarterback again, and you're about to go win the Rose bowl. Like it's, uh, it's good to see that you're healthy, you know, and, and that, uh, you, you, you are excited again about football and, and that once again, you know, you pick on the, you know, the, uh, the dear old Aggies, the little brother, right? Um, <laughs> but let's okay. let's talk let's talk a little bit are you are you still going on that because i want to talk a little bit about that like sure yeah go ahead five five years um you know we've we've technically been a company for significantly longer than that right, right. uh we dabbled in some other things and uh some things were good some things were not uh we got better uh built zach uh got zach to a point where we were able to hire allison Allison got Zach to a point to where you were able to roll out full time. Um, you know, I thought it would be significantly longer. I thought it, you know, I probably wouldn't be rolling out for, you know, two to three years after you rolled out that ended up being like 11 months, maybe mm -hmm. I think after nine months, I actually gave notice, right. We gave Hudson Oaks a ton of time. So I, I really like, I'm at the point, like from a wildest dream standpoint, um, I didn't think we would be where we are today, right? Like where in the state of Texas, we've driven and been a part of this driving force of using analytics to make decisions. That's That's been the coolest part for me. Uh, and then as a company, just growing, I actually went back with Doug. Uh, you know, we joke that we have Doug and I have Friday financial phone calls, but the other day we were kind of looking at interview numbers and kind of seeing where we were. And as a company, you know, we've grown 30 to 40% a year for like the last three or four years. And it's been wild. It's been a wild ride to continue to do that. I, I don't see that slowing down. I think we're going to continue to do that, especially as we move to other states and other areas. But it has been, um, it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to do that with my best friend. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate that. Um, you know, those first nine months of you rolled out and living the incredible life of, you know, uh, you know, that flexibility and everything else. And then me rolling out and having the same thing now. Um, but really just the ability to kind of continue to you take our crazy off the wall ideas and 
uh, and do some some cool things with them. Uh, I, I don't know. Have you have you read any of the stuff about uh, you know Buffett and Munger, Charlie Munger at all? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So when when Munger died, I did read some articles, and it turns out that I think uh, I think it, I don't remember I don't remember all the details, but I know that I, I recognize quite a bit of our dynamic in some of those stories. So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we, we've always joked, uh, about, you know, Steve jobs and Wozniak, right? Like that's always been kind of our internal joke. I don't, maybe we've talked about it on a podcast. I don't, I don't know if we have, uh, but the, I actually think the Buffett Munger dynamic is probably more likely. I, I can't remember the nickname that Buffett has for Munger or had for Munger, but it was like the guy who, uh, what, what does he say? He's the, he's the no guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you like constantly have to, I mean, this week is, is last week is a prime example. Like you, you constantly have to live in a world of bring me back to reality on some things. Yeah. But so, that's been the case since for the past almost 10 years now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But that dynamic is, is been very beneficial. Um, you know, I, I have very little fear of risk, right? So like, I, I just, you know, my risk tolerance is really, really high. I think you're the same way, but you're more reasonable from a standpoint of like, um, like I, I want to win everything by a hail Mary, right? <laughs> like, I just want to go out there. I want to throw that ball 60 yards down the field to get a touchdown. Um, and you would think me being the offensive lineman, uh, that played a little bit, uh, you would think that the offensive lineman would be the guy who wants to win life three to four yards at a time, which is, I think what I, what I like to do, but you're probably actually better at winning it three to four yards at a time than I am. Um, so it's been fun, man. It's been, it's been a great ride. And to think where we are now with the employees that we have now and the company that's been built has been, has been tremendous. So yeah, yeah. five, five years, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate the, uh, the sort of look back really, I was just using that as an ex- as excuse to I, get, I, get my dig in, but I do appreciate uh, that. Maybe we, maybe we can at some point at the beginning of the year, do a, a state of the state of Zach Dax or something. Uh, but we do have some I thought you were cool... going to get sappy and like finally tell you, tell me that you loved me. I mean, I've been waiting for that for years. I just thought that's it was going to happen right now. Not going to happen. Um, <laughs> it's, it's deep down, but that's just not something that I can convey outwardly. One person in your life. I guess you love yeah. your parents. And my kids. <laughs> your kids, yeah. yeah. Um, usually. <laughs> Occasionally. Okay. So 10 minutes in, let's get into some actual meat and potatoes here, Patrick. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start and then we'll, we'll talk about the one I sent you. Well, let's talk about retail. Um, let's talk about retail in general being softer than Santa's belly right now. Um, I've had just been inundated with phone calls as sales tax numbers have come out uh, last week. Uh, we're still waiting on the raw data to come in, but had a lot of conversations with city managers that are seeing sales tax numbers that are down, especially retail dependent cities, cities that have heavy retail users seeing sales tax numbers that are down three, four, uh, I had one phone call where somebody was down 11%. We've kind of predicted that, you know, we, we had a podcast a couple of maybe a month ago or so where we specifically talked about just consumer spending is down and it doesn't look like it's going to go back up because there's just not the availability of capital for consumers to spend. Uh, it's, there's just been a significant reduction in savings rates and other things. And, and eventually the, the faucet is going to slow down. I think we're seeing that faucet slow down. Uh, predictions for the holiday period are solid. I think we're probably, you know, my kind of comments to folks have been, Hey, let's, let's look at our January and February numbers before we really get to, you know, like a budget amendment mode. I, I don't want to say freak out mode cause we don't really ever freak out cause we know what's coming. Um, but you know, we may need to kind of start slow down some capital expenditures and some things like that to be able to be prepared for some type of adjustment that may happen in March or April. Uh, in the fiscal year to account for that, you know, three or 4% of sales tax that, uh, that is, is soft in that area. So just, I, I want to say it again. I know we've said it a couple of times, but we just want to reiterate it. The data continues to show that retail sales are soft and the future data continues to show that it's going to continue to soften. So if you are heavily retail dependent, um, and that does include like builder's goods and construction goods, because there's some softness in the construction industry as well. Um, you know, just be aware 
step back for a minute and start to look at how dependent are you on that from a revenue standpoint. And you probably need to start thinking through some adjustments so that we're not freaking out in May or June when we're trying to balance a budget as we're trying to do next year's budget. Um, so just kind of want to get that out. You have anything else to chime in on or did I kind of cover the bases on that one? I think you pretty much nailed it. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, Christmas we've, sales numbers we've for retailers up. has been okay. Yeah. So I think January, February may kind of help buoy us a little bit uh, to get us kind of through. Cause obviously in a lot of retail dependent cities, those are your big months. Um, but you know, we're still seeing softness in month over month tracking. So. Yeah. And we've, uh, we have brought up this question from a variety of different angles over the past couple of months, whether like you mentioned the savings rates, whether it's um, stores like Walmart uh, mm-hmm. issuing cautionary notes about holiday spending and things like that. So, and then when you see it in the actual data, I think there's just, there's a lot of little pieces here that you can kind of connect the dots on. Um, this is why I think though it's so important because when you look at sort of big picture macroeconomic news, you know, like GDP 5.2% last quarter, right? Like there's a lot of things that suggest that maybe the economy is, is good, even though the sentiment about the economy is not good, but Mm -hmm. those kinds of data points are largely irrelevant when you talk about an actual individual city. And so, uh, you know, as you're managing your, your budget in the current year, looking forward, you, you have to look at the actual, on the ground details and not just what's the big picture um, sort of macroeconomic trends. Like those influence the local and sort of the micro, um, but every, every location is different. And so it's just important to really keep good tabs on that. Well, and, and we rarely say things like this, but I'm going to say this out loud. If you use a, if you don't use us, but you listen to our podcast and you use a vendor that does projections for you and they're doing like a good, better, best projection, you're going to be in some trouble this year. You might as well go ahead and prepare yourself. You're gonna have right? a bad time, like that South Park. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have a bad time. So, I mean, we we saw the softness in retail coming well before the budget season last year. I mean, the predictability was there, the numbers were there. It's very 07 look from a standpoint of like what the Fed is trying to do and monetary policy and things like that. So, um, you know, we have the data going back to see that, and so you know, and then as you start to look at, if you're one of our users, one of our customers, and you start to look at um, the next couple of months and signal within our platform um, is going to continue to get smarter as we get a couple extra months in the system. You know, looking at that lower band is probably a safe place to be right now. Just my two cents. That's great news, Patrick. Hey, that's <laughs> just news. so positive. Before the year I mean, the, the, the positive news is, is the, you know, the Black Friday sales numbers and the, and the initial December sales numbers for retailers show to be, you know, basically add inflation. Right. I mean, we've seen a lot of retailers kind of release data that shows that they're three to four percent up versus last year's sales. So I think you're still going to be able to get your buffer months in there. Uh, but that's technically like if you look at it in our system, that's technically a loss still, right? Because you're yeah. not beating inflation numbers. So um, you know, we're just trying to trying to throw that out there so that everybody can kind of hear and be warned that it there are some uh there are some headwinds in a way and um, you know, just listen to a, a podcast from the Wall Street Journal today uh, that Janet Yellen was doing. And, and you know, she's confident, Treasury Secretary uh, is confident that we're going to have a, they keep calling it a soft landing, right? Um, you know, but they also mentioned that things look very similar to 2007 and 2007 was not much of a soft landing, right? No. Um, had a lot of other issues in 07. Um, you know, watch the big short, such a good movie. <laughs> so, but um you know, I, I don't think we're really faced with some of those those issues, uh, but I think you know consumer spending is just um, the lack of availability and capital for consumers is is just shows to be prolonged at this point. So yeah. until we see interest rate reductions, sometime my prediction, sometime in twenty twenty four. So I'm also wondering, and maybe you've talked to people about this, but we haven't had to do. I mean, other than you know consulting work, we haven't actually had to do our own sales tax forecasts to set a budget and. Mm-hmm four or five years now, I cannot imagine what it would have been like going through the pandemic, right? Everything is shut down, like everyone's panicking, but then immediately sales tax jumps up double digits for like the next 18 months. Then you have inflation hitting almost 10% and sales tax is still increasing Mm -hmm. in, in high single, low double digits. And then all of a sudden, 
like the the wheels kind of fall off. So like I wonder how much those mismatched expectations have made it difficult for people to figure out what in the world is actually going to happen over the next 12 months to actually set their budget. Because we, we t- I know we have talked to several people who were quite aggressive with their mm-hmm. retail sales expectations for this year. Yeah. So I think first, let's talk about the disconnect between um, the city management crew <laughs> and like the finance and budgetary departments, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the thing that I've seen the most is um, the city management crew has said, okay, we've got these increasing costs. We have these increasing salaries and personnel costs, so forth and so on. We need to go do these projects. Like we're just, um, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, no offense to my city manager friends, Chad and I both were in that role. Um, but there's a little bit of like Scrooge McDuck, like the money's there, let's go swimming, right? And in, in the uh, in the gold, right? I... And then the finance departments, I think, were were getting a little bit more conservative, and they were bringing projections in. We've heard this from a couple of different cities, where the finance department kind of laid out a projection that was fairly conservative because they saw these headwinds, but the budget figure was uh, was higher, the expense need was higher, and so they kind of just round up some of those numbers in sales tax and round up some of those numbers in collections, right, to get to that. And um, you know, I I think uh, that's that's a telltale sign of, you know, things have gotten crossways, right? It's like bond yields crossing, you know, don't cross streams. If you're a Ghostbusters fan, like that's kind of what we do. Uh, when, when expenses are driving revenue expectations, we're in the wrong, we're in the wrong place. And we have quite a few cities that are, that have done that, uh, because it's just like the money has just been growing on trees for the past couple of years. Right. Like, Inflation's nine percent. Oh, no big deal. I got seventeen percent new sales tax revenue, right? I mean, um, so I, I think that's that's been a, a bit of an issue, and we we really have to get back to budgetary side is controlled by revenue projections, and we don't really do the expense side of the budget until we know what our revenues are, uh, and I think that would be a much safer way to do that. We're going to get into that reset because I, I tell you in. Fiscal year 24, the current fiscal year we're in, there is going to be some resets in April or May. Just get ready for it. Uh, it's you can, you can feel it. You can sniff out the equation. It's there. Uh, we know there's going to be some resets. Some cities that are faster growth and have more going on probably will be buoyed and stabilized. But the reality is, is that some of our older growth communities are going to get hit pretty quick and pretty hard. So it's going to happen and there's revenue is going to drive the decision-making because the revenue is just not going to be there to live in the expense environment that they're currently in. All right. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and, uh, and talk about this, this wall street journal article. It's called the American store is shrinking and it goes into some detail about changing patterns with retail leasing. Um, some data from CoStar group and uh, CBRE, a couple of other, you know, data providers, uh, indicate that the average in fact, the average uh, retail lease is now at the lowest point that it's been since CoStar started taking this data in 2006, right? It's like down to 3,200 square feet. On average, there's a shift away from big box stores. Even those bigger department stores are trying different concepts with smaller smaller footprints. You're seeing a shift in, in the makeup as well with, with food and drink uh, tenants popping into those, those smaller spaces. And then you're also seeing uh, the effect of sort of online Online sales, data analytics. So stores are trying to get smarter about the types of inventory that they keep in those locations so they don't have to have quite as much. They don't need as much uh, space uh, because they're, they're just trying to keep the inventory uh, limited. So you actually noticed this recently, didn't you? Yeah. So, I mean, um, we had to go. It's basketball season. So we had to go get basketball shoes for the boys. So we, we went to Dex uh, Sporting Goods and... Um, Ironically, two things I noticed. One, we went to Dick's Sporting Goods uh, in your neck of the woods. So we went to the one at Heritage Trace. Um, mm-hmm. And we normally don't have to go all the way there anymore because we have a new one that's kind of in, you know, southwestern Fort Worth now. Um, first thing we noticed when we walk in the door, though, my uh, my son, as he walks in the door, he's like, man, this Dick's Sporting Goods is huge compared to ours, right? The one in Heritage Trace was built in 2006, 2007, maybe, somewhere around there. Uh, and the one that we have on the Southwest side of Fort Worth was built like a year ago. And so, but the size difference is enormous. I mean, we're talking 30, 40% more floor space at this, uh, at the one at Heritage Trace compared to the one that was just built a year ago. So that that was kind of the first thing we noticed as we walked in the door. 
The other thing we noticed is when we went to go shop for basketball shoes, the actual stock inside of the store was super limited. Uh, you know, obviously we live in the DFW region, so they like, you know, a black and white Luca, you know, Nike shoe, right? Like they had the sizes for those, but if you wanted like the fancy colored Luca, you had to order it online. You had to go to the kiosk and you had to like, you know, scan it and order it online and go that route. So it's just a, you know, you could tell that they're severely limiting the amount of inventory they're carrying on anything in store, right? Um, and they're pushing you to e-commerce, but they are pushing you to e-commerce in a very interesting way. Because if you buy that shoe online at the kiosk in the store, right, the sales tax gets generated in the store. And so that is very interesting to me that that's become more common, um, especially in the soft goods industry. Uh, it's always something my wife complains about. She really likes to go shop and likes to like touch clothing and try stuff on and do stuff like that. So it's it is very interesting to me that that has become more and more common. You, we walked into J Crew the other day. Same thing. If J Crew doesn't have your size, they've got a little kiosk there that you can click and sign into your J Crew account real quick, and boom, 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 you're done, and it's bought, and it's bought in store, quote unquote. So, um, those are kind of the things that I've noticed lately. It's become a lot more familiar. You had an incident though. Uh, I don't know if you're really prepared to talk about this on the podcast, but you had an incident the other day, like where you just randomly like downloaded the target app. Cause you had to do like a target pickup <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. normally something your wife does. Mm -hmm. And when you open the app, what happened? It was, it was like crazy, right? Okay. So real quick, that Dix was built in 2007. Hey, I was, oh, yeah. Did I, did I say 06 or 07? I can't remember, but it was close. Yeah. Well, uh, the best I can tell because that particular parcel includes some other stuff, but 2007 is a pretty good estimate. You know how I remember that though, because we used to, we that's used where to we would call school from. from the cheddars. Yeah. For grad school, we would drive to that cheddars. And then after we got done, usually one night a week, after we got done, we would go in there and grab uh, like a spinach dip at cheddars and drink some beer. Right. So those were fun times, man. That old blue truck. I wish you would have kept the old blue truck. Uh, it needed to go. I mean, first of all, I couldn't <laughs> even use it now because it, it had a strong rumble when you it drove. Did, and it could fit. It only had it as like a single cab. So yeah. uh, it would be useless now. Um, but was that also the truck where someone had broken into, they'd like jimmied the yeah, key. So, you had to, so I had to you go had to into go the passenger seat passenger and then door. open the door with my drumstick. Yes. 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 Man, the life of a poor college student. <laughs> yeah, okay. We didn't need any more than that though. No, you just right? Like I talk about that all the time. Like Jennifer and I, we, you know, our first apartment was 723 square feet. Right. We were, we were paying $6 or $640 a month in rent. Like we didn't need any of that. It was great. So it's funny how lifestyles expand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, usually my wife does the online orders like from target, from Walmart, whatever. Sometimes I'll go pick them up. She'll still text me the code. Um, mm -hmm. and I'll go in there and pick them up. But, uh, this past week I needed to do it myself, um, because I was, going to the big 12 championship game. <laughs> so I needed to, let, run me go ahead. let me plug that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So I needed to, uh, to run to target because after the game, naturally we have Christmas pictures because that's what we do is take pictures almost every week. So I had to go get a sweater from target. I order it online. I run over to pick it up. Um, but when I, uh, when I sign into the app, I've never downloaded the app before. I do have a target account but I've never right. downloaded the app before. Okay. Um, we have a, like the phone number that you can enter for your circle rewards. I use my wife's phone number. I don't use mine. Um, okay. So when I, when I open the app and I log in, it suggests two different stores to be my store. One of them is my store. That's because it's closest to me geographically. The other one is the target in downtown Sacramento. Which you were there for Cal cities, right? We were there for Cal cities. We ran into the target. Uh, you know, for 15 minutes, grab a couple. Actually, we grabbed candy for the okay. booth. But I didn't enter any kind of phone number. I didn't enter anything that would otherwise identify me. I didn't have the app for it to track my location. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of freaky. I was, I was curious how they would, how they would do it. The, the phone number would uh, be an easy way. May, 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 okay, maybe credit cards. Credit cards, facial recognition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I know they didn't search through all of my 
location data on my phone because it was instantaneous. Yeah. Like, like, like they wouldn't have been able to search through all that to try to find a different store because they would have had to like do some web lookups uh, based on those locations. So yeah, maybe credit cards that it know it knows that my account has this credit card, which was also used in this other store. But so yes, the use of analytics is getting extremely precise and robust mm-hmm. in the retail sector. Yeah. I mean, I remember sitting through a marketing class at A&M um, in my undergrad and we had, we actually had a representative of uh, HEB who came in and talked about like how they build stores. Right. At that point. And like the analytics use was, you know, we like to build stores where everybody has to consistently move right to left because shopping right to left, you see more product and spend more money. Uh, that was like basic, basic marketing analytics, right? Now it's, I, mean, I don't know. Is what that why the cold stuff now. is always on the wait, wait? wait. They like to move right to left. Yeah, so they like to have the more expensive items right of the store, right? So produce, fresh steak, produce, yeah. right? Fresh meats, steak, cold cuts. The the price per pound is always going to be higher in those areas, right? And then as you go in the store, so you go from that to alcohol, typically, right? Because that's the next highest volume uh, sale vi- item that they have. And then you move in, if you look at the goods, it's all based on the market that they're in. But at that point, the dry goods are based on that as well. So, and then now they use analytics to see like, what are people reaching for, putting back, looking at, putting back. And they're, you know, I would imagine. Do they use like AI camera vision? This. Oh yeah. It's all over. Yeah. So, um, so the much same, so. The same that, tech like, that Amazon uses in their airport stores where you just walk in grab something and leave. It can detect what you picked up, what you put back. Correct. And, and so when, when they were building that store here in Hudson Oaks, um, you know, I don't know this directly from HEB, but like they, they shut down like the whole store construction process for a couple of days and just did tech, just installed technology with a tech team. Right. They have a hub in Austin that that's all they do is technology. Um, and in basically marketing technology. So, um, and my wife has that app where like, you know, based on where she is and things like that, like it's going to show her a coupon based on what she's looking at. It's that's, it's just, it's wild how advanced that's gotten. Um, you know, same thing happens with, um, you know, like I walked into a vineyard vine store the other day in South Lake. Right. And I immediately got an email from vineyard vines as I'm walking out when I didn't buy anything with like a discount code. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's, it's, it's crazy, right? It's creepy. So are they tracking the device? They could have beacons I'm not sure in the store. Um, they probably have beacons in a store, but I'm not sure they're actually tracking my physical device maybe uh, just cause I'm an iPhone user. And so that's a little more difficult, but are they tracking credit card data? I mean, I think facial recognition has gotten extremely, you know, more common uh, within that side. But retailers, man, they don't talk about it because yeah, of privacy. It's creepy. So, so what yeah. do they? What insights do they get if they see me looking at the like the barbecue sauce aisle, and I like pick up you know Sweet Baby Ray's, and then I put it down and I pick up a different one and I take that one. Yeah. Like, I, how I, are they I, assuming what? Why I made that decision? Could be that one could, has more sugar than the other, right? right? But how do they know that? Like, yeah. it could be price. Could be calorie content could be flavor. I would imagine that in today's world, because uh, you know we do this on our side of the business, there's probably some AI models that are generating some probabilities for them, right? Of what you're looking at and how you're looking at it. And Based they, on all of the other things that I've done that for and what I typically that's buy. Correct. Am yeah. I, am I then, buying the low fat sour cream or the regular sour cream? Correct. Then maybe this yeah. is a, a health so solution. Like, so every morning, you know, anybody who knows me knows that you know, I've been on crazy workouts, lost a lot of weight and done some fun things lately. But every morning I eat a too good yogurt, which is like a two gram sugar yogurt. Right. So, um, I get just randomly, I mean, I don't go online and buy that. My wife does a grocery shopping. Right. But somehow randomly I get Dan and yogurt who promotes to me, uh, on Facebook for me to get the high protein version of the too good, both made by Dan and by the way, but it's a more expensive version of the same thing just has more protein packed into it. So like that's the world we live in. Yeah. And that happens to everybody. Everybody's inbox gets inundated with that stuff. Yeah. It's honestly, it's not a world that I want to live in, 
but what was the will smith movie what was the will smith movie like where he was being tracked and he like he enemy of the state enemy of the state yeah like you know how would you survive an enemy of the state or minority report yeah 2023 right that's uh that's wild so but still a country based on free will right minority report still a little psycho let's hope it continues to stay that way (laughs) so so, so what kind of opportunities, Patrick, does this offer for a city who has existing retail space and they're trying to fill an empty store? Like I know of a JCPenney store front that was empty for almost a decade uh, in a nearby city. If there's a push to, for smaller space, does that mean more tenants? Does that mean we need to rethink kind of how we're building these centers? Like what are the takeaways? I, I- I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think the takeaway is is that a lot of the same technology that those retailers are using are also available to cities to make wise decisions on where your recruitment dollars and time should go. Um, some of that, you know, just pitching work here for a minute. Some of that we can do, right? We can take into account your demographics. We can take into account co-tenancy. We can take into account all those things, put them inside of an AI model and basically tell you who you should go recruit. And you can work with some of those recruitment teams that are out there. You know, retail coach is one that we deal with all the time. And so, you know, there, there is plenty of, uh, of data-driven decision-making that can be had in the economic development group. We, we used to do that early, right? We've always done that. Cell phone analytics, uh, license plate studies. I mean, it's just a, it's a new uh, data source and it's a new ability to go out and do that. So in today's world, you should be able to look at, I've got these 10 retailers and they perform at this level. And if these 10 retailers perform at this level, there should be you know, some type of ability for this retailer and this retailer and retailer to also work at that level. Right. So, um, it's, it's not rocket science. It's just the ability to data process to get to that. Yeah. You get dangerous, dangerously close to, uh, to money balling some of that stuff. You do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one, one thing this mentions here is that, that experience, like I hate those like lifestyle center concept. So uh-huh. It all seems kind of fake, but it does mention that retail is shifting more towards experience, towards food and dining and things like that. So yeah. having, having I mean, a I- built environment that encourages that as opposed to maybe <laughs> some big ugly box can probably help you as well. Make it make yeah, I mean, a more I, attractive I, location. Correct. Yeah. I mean, but it's just gotten more advanced, right? It's, it's not that... Like I had lunch last week with a, a real estate broker that I know really well that represents a lot of haircut places. And a lot of those haircut places love to go next to Walmarts, right? So that's how they think about it. They look at it next to Walmart. I actually, they use a vendor that uses cell phone analytics that, you know, tells them this is this is the best performing store here and best performing store here and so forth. And we've talked about this a little bit that we've never been able to justify the numbers that they provide to these people. <laughs> but, and, and I kind of warned them on that. Um, but the reality is, is that, um, you know, now we really can, and we do have the computing power and the ability to go in and do these analysis at, you know, what I would consider a reasonable cost, um, where, you know, before you could do it, but you would have to build these models and it would just be huge labor intensive work, uh, to get done. And, and we just, we could do that now at, at less labor than we would have then. Um, and they're still cheaper to do that than say your old license plate studies and things like that, that would be done. Right. So I, I think it is money balling, but that, that is a better way than, uh, you know, throwing a dart at a bullseye is a better idea than taking a shotgun and trying to hit everything with buckshot. Right. Like that's, or birdshot would be the better way actually. So, but I mean, the, the reality is, is that some economic development departments are people who are recruiting and that's kind of your question is like, how do you, how do you fill that empty space or what do you go after? First, you got to figure out what are you, what are you missing in your market dynamic? You know, and it's, it's not leakage from the nineties and two thousands here. Like, you know, in today's world, leakage reports mean absolutely nothing. Uh, if, if you call us and ask for some type of leakage analysis, we're going to, there's no way to do it with e-commerce. You're never going to know what your actual leakage is. Um, and so, you know, really, how do you, how do you recruit and know exactly what you should be throwing your darts at? Because uh, you only have so many darts to throw. Yeah. It's also going to add a lot of complexity because mm-hmm. if big retailers, well, I don't know. It's going to change the dynamic for sure because of how sales tax nexus works. Yep. If you're doing actual delivery and distribution from a Walmart store, 
that's much different than if you had some kind of distribution center because now it's being delivered from a place of business. Yeah. But you also, with the rise of curbside pickup, like those traffic counts don't matter. Correct. Yeah. It's going to be, probably we should spend some time talking about that next year because it's really going to affect how, how cities think about recruiting. And, And I think the other side of that too is, you know, it, I just want to, I don't want to get into this, but we can get into this next year for sure. Um, what are you missing? Right. If, if you do have like you, it was very difficult to understand this previously, but now you could actually do it with the data. But if I really want to recruit a specific grocer, right. Or I want to recruit a specific player or whatever that may be, what am I missing uh, from the demographics? It's, I, I think that's also an important tidbit of information. So what should your residential development look like? You know, how do you, um, how do you better equip your city to be more fiscally sound on the revenue side through development patterns? Like that's also an area that you should really look at deeply. Yep. I feel like housing is a very underappreciated part of economic development just because we tend to focus so much on retail recruitment. I, I, I would agree with that hundred percent. And, and really in most retail recruitment, housing is all about how many people are within a three mile or five mile. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's funny. That's really only kind of like a, a, a very small measurement for retailers. Um, you know, so it's, you know, there are still dominoes in the business, right? Like dominoes fall with certain things. You know, if you bring in multifamily, you're more likely to get sit down restaurants. It's that's, that's always been a domino, right? If you have sit down restaurants, then you're more likely to get a hotel also a domino. Right. So, I mean, it's just, there, there are trends and patterns there that can be identified in each market. It's going to be a little different, but how you utilize that residential development, how you develop it is also going to play a significant role in how those dominoes uh, are set up and how they'll fall over time. And you could put yourself in a better position by doing things wiser on the front end, on the land playing side. We just don't think that we don't think that far ahead right now. We don't, we don't try to go look at a raw 2000 acres. I say most communities don't try to go look at a raw 2000 acres and say, okay, how, how can this be developed with a partner developer and done correctly so that we can build a sustainable community and also a community that people enjoy to live in? Because sustainable enjoyment are two different things. I want to, I want to say that out loud. That's kind of gets back to that money ball. You cannot money ball everything. Um, but you know, how do you, how do you kind of create the middle ground there that yeah. you get, you get the best of both worlds? Cool. Well, I wasn't expecting to, to get, yeah, I wasn't expecting to get to, yeah. to go that direction. So that's, that's fine. Uh, okay. Let's wrap this up. We are sitting at 40 minutes, give Ooh. or take. So what I have done here for you, Patrick. Lightning round. I went to the Googles and I mm-hmm. searched for the best 50 to hundred Christmas movies. I have selected 26 partially based on, I didn't put too many like older movies because I just haven't seen all of them. I doubt you've seen most of them too. So I tried mm-hmm. to pick movies that I kind of assumed that you'd seen or at least knew about. So if I name one that you haven't seen, it's just going to get, it's just going to get hosed. Um, okay. Then I randomized the order. So it's not like a traditional bracket because I don't have enough movies. Did, did you randomize the order? Or Chat did GPT. Chat GPT yes, did. Randomize yes. the okay. order. Okay. Yep. So, okay. So there is, there's no seating. It is just completely random. I'm going to give you two. You have three seconds to pick one. Okay. And then we're going to move down the list to find the number one. I have a feeling we both agree on what the number one is, but we'll see how everything else shakes out. Okay. Okay. If you also disagree that it is a Christmas movie, I would like your opinion on that. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Round number one, Violet Night versus Love Actually. Love Actually. Not a Christmas movie. Such a good movie though. All right. Bracket. I'm, I'm a sucker for love movies. Yeah, but it's not a Christmas movie. It happens yeah, at Christmas, so, but come on. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? It's a mm-hmm. Wonderful Life versus Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Ar- that is a hard one to put up against each other. I'm just going to say that. No. It's a Wonderful Life. Christmas Vacation is going to win, hands down, every time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The original How the Grinch Stole Christmas versus Scrooged. Uh, Scrooged. Okay. The Holiday versus Santa Claus 2. The Santa Claus 2, Tim Allen. The Santa Claus 2. Okay. 
The Holiday is the Jennifer Aniston movie, right? No, it's Kate Winslet, Jude Law. I can't remember. Oh, it's the it's the one where she's alone and she they goes, like Man, switch see? the holidays and he, she, yeah yeah they go they go on the I, holiday separately and then she. Meets I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I gotta go. I gotta go back to the holiday. Oh man, yeah. I, I didn't know what movie it was, but it's always one of dude. Like I said, I'm savvy. Okay, I love I love a good love movie. Santa love, Claus, romance. the Santa Claus three. Okay, or Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah, come on. Uh, these are randomized. All right. Okay. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Or Trading Places. Rudolph. What is Trading Places? How is that a Christmas movie? It, it's, it's set at Christmas. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. If you don't think it's a Christmas movie, I, I, I gave <laughs> you the option to toss them out if it's not a Christmas movie. All right. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is like the claymation version, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, next one, Home Alone 2 or Jingle All the Way. Home Alone 2. Probably good You'd call. go Jingle All the Way? No, I'd probably go okay. Home Alone too. But I love Jingle All the Way, not because of the movie itself, but because every time I hear those words, I think about Conan O'Brien. Uh, oh. You remember when he used to have Arnold Schwarzenegger on the TV behind him, and the guy was talking through his mouth, and he'd yes. always be like, come see my holiday classics, Jingle All the Way. So, I, I, <laughs> so, so Home, my, Home Alone 2, Home Alone 2, in my opinion, is not as good as Home Alone 1, but the scene where he has... Um, that he's in the hotel and the hotel scene. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Like I always want, as a kid wanted to go do like a New York hotel for uh, just by yourself Christmas. Yeah. yeah. With your dad's Not by myself. Card. Just, just chunk, chunk. yeah. Just yeah. Go through another it. movie that couldn't be made today because technology uh-huh. has advanced too much. All right. Uh, next round miracle on 34th street or the new Grinch movie with Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't think I've seen the new Grinch movie. I not a big fan of Miracle on 34th Street. So okay. I'm going to have to go with the new Grinch movie. Even though you haven't seen, seen it. Okay. Night, <laughs> the Nightmare Before Christmas or The Polar Express? The Polar Express. Okay. Yeah, I would say The Polar Express is like a kid's movie that has really hit the newest generation of kids hard. Mainly because you can go ride a train and do The Polar Express stuff. That's true. Which I dodged the bullet this year on that one. Okay. Yeah. This one could be tough. Elf versus Die Hard. Man, this is not even fair. Like, I can't eliminate one of these in the first round. Oh, Elf. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, it's got to be Elf. I agree. All I right. Mean, Elf is going to be a contender for the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Okay. The original Santa Claus. Okay. The Santa Claus number one. Or the yep. Charlie Brown Christmas special. Didn't we just debate this Charlie Brown thing the other day where you said that mm-hmm. your wife doesn't like Charlie Brown? We did, yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to go with Charlie Brown. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Santa Claus movies, but I do like the Netflix version of the Santa Clauses. Yeah, you mentioned it, but I haven't been able to find it yet. So you may have to. It's it's just it's just a cute thing to watch with kids. Okay, the Muppet Christmas Carol or a Christmas Story. A Christmas Story. Okay, that was obvious. All right, final pairing for this. If somebody doesn't pick a Christmas Story on that one, like, what is wrong with you? Are you even American? I agree. Just to say that. Okay, go ahead. Another movie that the my, my, my wife leg absolutely that the hates. dad was so excited about. Yeah. So, I this is the only day of the year is Christmas when I get to, I just assert sort of semi executive privilege, uh-huh. and we have the a Christmas story on the TV on the TBS rotation the entire oh, yeah. day, and I just don't even care that I'm going to sleep on the couch that night. <laughs> it's not going to win the greatest one for me, but it is it is a great Christmas movie. Okay. There we go. The last pairing. Bad Santa mm-hmm. or the recent Netflix movie with Will Ferrell and I think Ryan Reynolds called Spirited. Oh Bad Santa. Okay. That movie was actually That's, it was actually pretty funny, but if I remember Bad Santa or Spirited? The Spirited movie. Okay. Okay. Now we are on but to Bad ra- Santa Bad Santa was hilarious. Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. we're on to round two. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Love Actually versus Christmas Vacation. Our Christmas Vacation. Okay. Scrooged versus The Holiday. The Holiday. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a great okay. movie, man. Home Alone versus... She meets the daughter at the house. Ha- you know, like, she goes to his house and he has a daughter and then, you know, you, don't, you, you remember this it's movie? It's just too sappy. Uh, I it's do, so I do good. remember it's it. It's so sweet. Like, it's, if, you don't, if you don't shed a tear the first time you watch that movie... Are you even human? Well, it's not Rudy, so I will not be shedding a tear. Okay. That's the only <laughs> movie you've ever cried in is Rudy. 
Uh, I generally will tear up with any kind of sports movie where there's like the an underdog. I watched The Greatest. Have you seen The Greatest? It's on Netflix, I think. No. It's about a guy who played offensive line in Arkansas, but died <laughs> in a car accident before he got drafted. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, uh, here we go. Rudolph the Red Nose. I just ruined the movie for half of people, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hashtag spoiler alert. All right. Spoiler. Home, home Alone versus Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh, Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, home Alone 2 versus The New Grinch. Home Alone 2. Yeah, because you haven't seen The New Grinch. Polar Express versus Elf. Elf. Okay. Oh. All right, I'm going to have to stick three of them in here because I actually should have done 28. Uh, Charlie Brown, Christmas Story. I'm going to give Bad Santa a... Actually, you know what? I'm going to give a Christmas Story a buy here. And we're going to go Charlie Brown versus Bad Santa. Uh, Charlie Brown. Okay. Round three, Christmas Vacation. It's, it, it, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say the reason I go Charlie Brown there is because it's just nostalgic Christmas. Yeah. It's just like the really, giant it's the only Christmas movie we have on this list that actually talks about Christmas <laughs> <laughs> and not just the sort of commercialized version. Yes. Okay. Yes, true. Christmas Vacation versus The Holiday. Christmas Vacation. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Uh, I concur. You were going to kill me off as your friend if I went with The Holiday yes. on that one. Okay. You're going to uh, take my man card. Based on your previous answers, I'm going to assume Home Alone will beat Home Alone 2. Home Alone will beat Home Alone 2. Okay. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> okay. This is, this is actually like the hardest bracket down here. We, okay. we still have three. Do you want me to just... No, I'm, I'm going to give a bye to uh, A Christmas Story again. And okay. we're going to do Elf versus Charlie Brown. Elf. Okay. We are down to the final four. Home okay. Alone versus Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Elf versus A Christmas Story. I know you're going to pick Elf on that one. I'm going to go Elf on that one. All right. Well, you would, you would pick A Christmas, Christmas story. Vacation? No, A Christmas Story. Okay, a Christmas Story. Okay, yeah. here we are. Yes. Final round. Will it be Christmas Vacation? Or Does anybody understand that reference I just made there? What? what? Drum roll, please. The reference I just made there with my drum roll. Do you know what I just referenced? No. And also... Okay. Awesome. You asked ask me the ask me the two movies. You asked our leaders, our listeners, if they got that reference. And I don't know if you know this, but this is an asynchronous media format, so they can't actually answer you. Uh, what First was that? Off, you'll have to explain to me what asynchronous means. It means not happening at the same time. I, I got it. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> we just talked about my grades versus your grades. Your grades were much better than my grades. So uh, okay, what was the reference then? I, I didn't get it. Oh, come on. If you're a, if it, it, I want to know what you're going to pick in these last two, then if you don't know that reference, then you're clearly picking one movie or the other here. Is that, is it from Elf? No, it's from Christmas Vacation. Man. When he's doing the lights, oh, he's yeah, plugging yeah, yeah. Them in. Okay, okay. Yes, yeah, so okay, sorry. That, he like stops and he goes, Drum yes, roll, please. Uh, uh, okay. I feel less than for not picking that up, but yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> what is your choice then? Oh, this is so hard. You're my dad, Elf, baby. I got to go Elf, but for wow. Christmas Vacation. I'm sorry. I know you're going to go Christmas Vacation. Wow. I, and, and here's the deal. I have recently watched both of them. I introduced my kids to Christmas Vacation. By the way, ooh, the, the TV uh, version, much better than the <laughs> Netflix. or uh, Sorry, I, Max actually has all of the Christmas movies, like the top 10 Christmas movies on Max right now, um, which is, by the way, HBO. I don't know why they named it Max. HBO, I agree. I will not call movies. it that. I won't. It's I won't call Twitter HBO. X. I won't call HBO streaming service Max. Yeah. I just won't. It just it's it's bothersome. Anyways. Um so we got to watch both. And man, I gotta go with Elf. Elf is the way to go. It's such a Will Ferrell is so good in that movie. He's so good. I'm, I'm just sorry. looking at this list here. I think that you got a lot of good a lot of good choices. I'm just surprised that the holiday made it to round three. Well, the holiday made it to round three, let's be honest, because uh, Die Hard did not make it past the Elf. Yeah, but you picked it you over not Scrooged. Me, I picked whatever. You Scrooged. picked the Holiday over Bill Murray. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that is a good Bill Murray oh, movie, man. by the way. Well, there you it's have it, kinda, it, folks. Uh, if out. you disagree with Patrick on any of those choices, please feel free to write to us or comment on our LinkedIn, where Patrick will probably, hopefully, post 
<laughs> link to this. I don't think I posted last time. time. Maybe he'll remember this time. Whoops. Oh, yeah. So uh, please vehemently disagree with his choice of the holiday. And uh, if you have your own favorite Christmas movie, you can share that as well. We're just really trying to push for engagement here. Just shameless pushes for engagement. So um, so there you have it. We that's how, know. That's we how just we're going to end the year. We just want to know that somebody out there is <laughs> listening to us. Well, we know because we have the analytics, but um, we don't know who. So uh, anyway, Patrick, this is going to be our last mm-hmm. one. We've been doing this every two weeks. We've been getting a lot more consistent with it, but we are going to have a hiatus between Christmas and, and New Year's. Is that correct? Yes, that's okay. correct. Okay. Even yes. though it's my favorite week to work. We will, we will podcast again, I believe on January 10th is our next uh, podcast. Oh, that's um, going to be, that's going to be potentially an amazing podcast. It could be pretty awesome. Uh, I'm actually speaking at an event that day, so we'll probably have to do it a little earlier or later in the afternoon. But uh, yeah. Is that a, is no. it a public event? It is. It's a public event. I'm speaking at the East Parker County Chamber of Commerce event with the North Texas Commission. Some folks from Alito ISD talking about growth. And um, I believe we have a representative of the real estate industry that will be on that panel as well. Okay. So, so if you are interested in growth in East Parker County... You should definitely the sixth join. fastest, the sixth fastest growing county in the nation, in growing the nation? by twenty two people in the nation, growing by twenty two people a day. Wow! So yeah, it's kind of a wild spot to live. And right they're now. all shopping hey. at the HEB. Now everybody, <laughs> please build two more HEB stores in Parker County, please. I beg you. So, um, but yeah, it's a it's a wild spot right now. So I'm I'm going to show my face in public, which happens very rarely, and uh, you know, I guess I'll have to put a suit on. Not really. I wear jeans and boots. No, I don't wear. Yeah. I, I I wear a suit once a year. It's to my wife's um, like Christmas party thing. It's, it's forty seven degrees out right now. It's forty seven degrees out right now, and I will be wearing my uh, golf shorts to Chipotle for lunch today. So, it's, it is one benefit of car centric development is that you can manage to wear shorts when it gets really cold because the distance between the house and the car and the car in the store is not that, not that great. So. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But all right, cool, man. Well, happy new year. Merry Christmas. This is happy Hanukkah time of year. Happy Hanukkah. Which I think started a couple days ago. It did. And we are, I mean, kind of ready to hit the slowdown. I mean, next week, you know, I know that cities are still quote unquote working, but we know the truth. Next week kind of starts to slow down. <laughs> We've all been in there. December. <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, but I, I hope you're enjoying your uh, Christmas and holiday parties. And I hope that you are drinking some hot cocoa. It actually feels a little Christmassy outside. It's a little cooler outside today. I will so, say this season has gone by so quickly that I, I haven't fully gotten into the Christmas spirit yet. Um, okay. Which has been kind of weird because it's been easier with, with the kids because they get so excited about everything. But this year it's just felt a little bit second. I don't know why. Okay. So I have to ask one question before we leave. Cause I had a conversation this morning with our Canadian employee who's now an American Doug. And I, I have to say he's making chili today. And I asked him if he was making cornbread and his answer was no. Do you find that to be un-American? Okay. So let me tell you what I do with cornbread because okay. I don't really like cornbread. So what I will do is I will crumble it up. And I will put it into my chili. Okay, that's a that's a one hundred percent acceptable thing to do with cornbread. But how do you make cornbread? That's the question. Do you use a cast iron skillet for cornbread making? Yeah, but I make it with the the little bag that you just opened and you yeah. put to yeah, it. Yeah. Like I don't make it from scratch. But yeah, it's we'll like thirty nine cents. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So speaking of chili, so though, let me let me okay. give my holiday cornbread recipe real quick. Okay, hold on. Take half a stick. It's a lot of butter, half a stick of sweet, salted cream butter. Take your cast iron skillet, put the stick in there, put it in the oven at whatever temperature you cook your cornbread at. Take it out of the oven. Once the butter is fully melted, then put your cornbread butter in, right? Then cook it again. Oh, the buttery sweetness of that cornbread is tremendous. It's like dessert and cornbread all at once. Happy holidays, folks. Do you put beans? This time of year, I love chili. Do you, uh, are you a beans in the chili? 
We do. We do put beans in our chili. So here's my thought on the beans argument. Mm -hmm. Chili is basically like, it's like a stew, right? It's, it's like a thick, hearty soup. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you put anything, you could put everything in the chili and it's still chili to me. I have never understood why, uh, especially for people who are like, I don't know what you would call them, but they're, they're just very strict on their definition of chili. They'll always say that Texas chili doesn't have beans. But to me, like everything is bigger in Texas, right? Everything is, is bigger. And so therefore you should put more stuff in your chili. So to me, it's always seemed like a natural thing that you would put beans, you could put jalapenos, you could put, I don't care, whatever you want. It's your yeah. chili. <laughs> I love a spicy chili. I love a chili with like a fresh chopped jalapeno in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I mean, that's, oof. but how do you, how do you prep it once you, once you've cooked it, mm-hmm. you put it in the bowl. What is your routine? Um, do you have a routine? sharp cheddar, sharp cheddar cheese shredded or blocked like shredded? Okay. Yeah. Sharp cheddar cheese. I do actually do have a buddy who likes to take like a slice of cheese and he likes to eat it like a cracker. Okay. Right. Which is cool too, but to each their own. Uh, no, I like it shredded in the middle of the bowl. And it has to have green onions. Okay. Like green onions bring so much to the table. It's like Missy Elliott. It's, Anybody okay. get that reference? <laughs> Again, with the asking <laughs> the listeners. Uh, okay. So, uh, so my routine is I'll crumble up my cornbread at the bottom uh-huh. of the bowl. I take a, a good dollop of daisy sour cream. And then I will sprinkle some shredded cheese over, over that mixture. Then I s- scoop in all of my chili. Then I take my uh, like block of cheese, like the you know, cheddar that's in a block. I'll cut off a couple of strips, stick that on top. When that melts, it's just like this gooey strip of cheese, and it is just so good. Like you say, you, you, so you're a sour cream and chili guy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. And if, if it wasn't- We got to wrap this up. We could go like 30 more minutes on this chili <laughs> conversation. But- Next time on ZatCast, we're going to get into chili details yes. and beef stroganoff, mushrooms or no mushrooms. You have strong That's thoughts have. on that too? I do. Okay. Very strong <laughs> thoughts on beef stroganoff. Well, so, we'll save that then for the next, the next installment. Yes. yes, 100%. Well, hey, Chad, Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yes. It's very exciting. Hook em horns. Great time of year. And Texas is going to win. I'm going to go ahead and say that for the record. The first game is going to be won by Texas. We should have a podcast before the national championship game, though, right? No, if it's the 10th, it will be after. We may have to do a podcast beginning of January. We'll see. Just to get our predictions in. I'm being a little bit more vocal since we made it, but I am also trying to keep my general MO over the past couple of years of just letting things happen and not being too cocky about stuff. So I know you think I'm being a lot more cocky, but this is all just relative because over the past five years, I've been extremely reserved. Okay, I'll make this prediction. Texas is going to beat Washington, right? If Michigan somehow beats Alabama, Mm -hmm. I think Texas beats Michigan. If Alabama beats Michigan, Texas loses in a national championship game. In a close one or in a blowout? Probably 21 points. It could be, it could be pretty substantial. I, I've, I mean, you're talking about Nick Saban losing to the same team twice in one year. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure that's ever happened. I'm not sure it is either. Right. Yeah. And I mean, just the guy's a hall of fame coach, man. And I know, I know Sark worked for him, but the reality is, is like, I, I think if you have to face Alabama again, you're in trouble. Michigan's got a shot against Alabama though. I don't want people to think that they don't. I think they do. Yeah, I honestly, Alabama I, gets themselves in trouble. I wanted to get in at number four because I thought we paired up pretty well against Michigan. So I am pulling for them for two reasons. One, because I think it's a better matchup, but also because it would be pretty cool to have beaten all of the other three teams. But we actually play Michigan in the second week of next year in Ann Arbor. Okay. So oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Is that your first year in the SEC? Next yeah. year? Have they set the schedule? When do we play y'all? Uh, Thanksgiving, I'm pretty sure. They released all. At- at Caulfield. At College Station? Yeah. On, on, call, on, no, probably. I think it's scheduled on Saturday, but they'll probably move it to, to Friday. Okay. So fun. It's going to be great. I hope y'all have a team, man. Are you going to go we sit got with like me 17 people in the portal right now? I hope y'all have enough players. Portal. Well, there's going to be plenty of guys that are going to come to AM from the portal. We'll be fine. 
Also, I can't believe my last thing, absolutely last thing. I cannot believe my portal uh-huh. joke went completely unremarked on. It didn't need a remark. It wasn't even funny. It was. You had 11 people on the portal. I said, oh no, what's going to happen when the next one goes? When the 12th man, the 12th man. There, yes. I, I read the joke. It just wasn't funny. So just, just wait. Just wait for next year, my friend. Just wait. Just wait. Yes. So. All right. With that. Uh, anyways. You will have to wait for us until next year as well. So thank you everyone for listening. That was a pretty good segue. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll see ya. All right. See ya. See ya.